Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, hey, welcome to Ruben J and Friends. My name is Ruben J. I am the host of this great new podcast. I'm recording this uh, here on the day before this podcast comes out, which is a Wednesday. It's coming out Thursday the 7th, uh, which again, thank you so much for tuning in. And, and, you know, I had an idea of what I wanted the show to be and what I wanted to talk about and all that fun stuff. And then Wednesday afternoon evening happened here in the United States. And if you live in the United States, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, all hell broke loose in the capital of our, of our country. And a lot of it could have been prevented by a couple of key people. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to um, go off on whose fault it is and all that stuff. I just really, I want to go and I want to be very clear about how I feel about what's going on in our country right now. And the key of how I feel right now, right this very second, is I'm very disappointed with the way the country is behaving right now. I'm extremely disappointed with the way that conservatives and Trump supporters are behaving right now because this because this isn't the way that we handle conflict in our nation. And yes, historically over the years we've had major instances of rebellion, we've had civil wars, we you know, we had the Boston Tea Party. We've had a lot of stuff happen in this country. And looking back at it, a lot of it is, you know, ended up being for the good. You know, rebellion ended up being a good thing. However, where we're at today and what we are doing at this very moment is the world is watching and it's embarrassing to see people storming the Capitol building. And I understand why they're doing it. And I understand why they want to be protesting, which I understand protesting is fine. It's when you cross into the rioting side of things where I have issues. So with that being said, if um, you know, if you have an issue with the rioting, awesome. I appreciate you for, for speaking up about having issues with the rioting. If you don't have an issue with the rioting, I really want you to look at yourself and think, is this really how I want this to end? Um, and if it is, then I hope that you do some soul searching. Other than that, this podcast is Ruben J and friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon. Head over to the Amazon link, click on the banner on the website and head over to Amazon where you can start your shopping and help this podcast out, help multimedia mouth out as a whole. See what happens is when you click that link, we get a small percentage of whatever you purchase. And that really helps the show out a lot. So I appreciate you for doing that. Multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon. Click the banner on the page and start your shopping today. So this week 
is the premiere episode of this show, and I'm really excited to be welcoming somebody on this podcast who I've been following for a while. I've read his book. He's doing some incredible things for those who are in this field and helping them become ignore sting in the background, by the way, if you're watching the video version of this uh, sting from AEW is looking at me because I was watching an interview of his earlier today. So ignore him. He's not here. He's not real. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the guest today, we'll talk about this on the show. He, he's a thought leader in the world of podcasting, and he, he's, he's a friend. Uh, thankfully, he's a friend, and I, I appreciate his friendship. He has done some incredible things, uh, and we are talking about his new podcast. We'll talk about that here in a second. But before we jump into that interview and before we jump into this, the rest of this podcast, do me a favor. Head over to Instagram and look up at Ruben J and friends. Uh, that is the new podcasting page for uh, the new page for Instagram for this podcast where you can connect with me also at the Ruben J, which is in the uh, little ticker down below, but I would really love to chat with you and connect with you and become friends with you. Uh, and if you want some, if there's somebody that you want on this show, please, uh, send them my way. I would love to chat with people. This podcast is designed to reconnect with people who are currently in my life and connect with new people and become friends with them in the process and promote what they're doing, promote their business, promote their passions in life. And I've recorded quite a few interviews already and have a couple that are lined up. And I'm really excited uh, for you to hear all of these interviews and the people that we are here to talk to. So with that being said, here after this quick break, is Larry Roberts. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Larry Roberts joining me right now via the internet. Uh, Larry is the host of the uh, One Big Win podcast and the the founder of Readily Random Media. Larry, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Ruben. This is so cool, dude. Awesome. I, I appreciate you doing this. You are literally going to be my first guest on this new podcast, Ruben J and Friends, and I'm super excited uh, to be launching this with somebody like yourself who is a leader in the podcast community. Uh, so thank you so much for doing this. Uh, let's start right at the beginning here because you do have a new podcast out yourself. You launched it with with a ton of great episodes and some great guests. Uh, it's called One Big Win. It's a new podcast. Uh, so first of all, why did you decide to launch a new podcast and what happened with the Readily Random podcast? Well, nobody was listening to Readily Random, so I thought if I rebranded and relaunched, maybe somebody would jump on board. No, that's <laughs> not it at all. No. <laughs> the reason I did it was because I wanted to get more niche. You know, I, I speak on several platforms and many times I'll say that you need to niche if you want to have a successful podcast. But I'm sitting there telling people that they need to niche down and the name of my show is Readily Random. That's kind of backwards, isn't it? It's, it's do as I say, not as I do type scenario. So I knew I had, had kind of shot myself in the foot when I named the show what I named it. But I also I, I formed an LLC around the name. So Readily Random Media is still my company, and it will continue to be my company. But as, as you said, the name of the podcast is now One Big Win. And it is brand new. I mean, I started it from scratch. It wasn't that I just changed the name of Readily Random. It is a brand new show. And it's all about finding those moments in our life and recognizing the opportunity that they present, putting them into motion, and taking a step closer to our life mastery. So moments in motion to mastery is what it's all about. Now, when you were you know, vetting the people who 
ultimately became the first round of guests for your podcast. What were you taking into account? Because I think it's something super important for people who maybe are sitting at home wondering, hey, I want to start a podcast about pottery as an example, uh, you know, and, and I really want people to become pottery masters. Uh, how, do, how did you vet these people? What were you looking for? And, and how do you feel now that you've released a bunch of episodes? Uh, how do you feel that those guests lined up to what your expectations were? Oh, I think all of them lined up exactly as I had hoped. And what I was looking for was a story, was something that they could share that was an experience that the audience could learn from. It wasn't just sit here and listen. It was listen, learn, recognize, and then take action. That was the goal behind each and every one of the guests that I had online. Now, uh, one of the one or two of them, actually, I ended up interviewing through another company and I loved what it what it became so much that I went ahead and included them as well. So there are a couple of variations on that theme, but that's the primary uh, objective that I had when selecting these folks. Now, this is something that I'm not sure if at the time of the recording is public, but by the time this is published, will probably be public for you. And, and if you don't want to talk about this, we can cut this out. But I know that you're going full-time podcaster come this month, January. Um, tell me a little bit more about that transition. Are you scared? Are you nervous? Uh, are you excited? Because uh, obviously it's a big, big leap if you're used to having a nine to five type job. And I don't really know much about you outside of your podcasting world. So I don't know what your current work situation is like. Uh, but tell me a little bit about that transition that you're, you're preparing for now at, at recording. But again, by the time this is published, you'll be a couple of days into being a full time podcaster. That's, it's public knowledge right now. So not a big deal at all. Um, I, I, I've put in my notice of retirement with the company that I, I work for, and they all seem to be fairly supportive of the idea as well. So it's like, they're finally, the dude's getting out of here. <laughs> I've been there 21 years, dude. 21 years. That's awesome. And I think the anniversary is in two days for the official 21st year. But yeah, that's a long time to be with one company, and it's not something you hear about too often anymore these days. And, you know, I've seen a lot. I've worn a lot of hats. Uh, I work in the IT department. I'm a business intelligence analyst, meaning I, I just absorb and look at data all day is, is pretty much what my job amounts to. But it's, it's I, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot over the years. I've grown. I mean, come on. I mean, I was in my 20s when I started there. So I actually became, you know, an adult and a, a man, if you would, uh, during my time there at the company. So it's, it's a scary transition, very scary, because you go from having a guaranteed paycheck with nice little bonuses thrown at you every once in a while, and it's guaranteed to going, you know what, I appreciate the money, but I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to try to earn my own money. And, yeah, it's scary to go from that level of stability, and that's all I've known my entire life, honestly, is that, that level of stability as, as an adult. And uh, taking in and exploring these options on my own, scary, but also very freeing. It feels very free, feels very exciting, feels very new, very fresh, very invigorating. It, it's an opportunity for me to express me. Uh, although I, my my job, my career has been great, it's uh, it's not something that I was able to express myself in very often. Because it ended up taking kind of a, a an unexpected turn. When I started working for the company, I was a corporate trainer. And uh, after a couple of years there, a, a need arose for a trainer in the IT department. 
And I transitioned up there. And then once that need expired, thankfully my position didn't expire, but then I started getting into data and data management. And, you know, it's really, that's not really my gig. You know, I mean, it's not something that I'm, I'm really, really all that good at, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not, there's definitely people that are in the department that, that crush me, but you know, over the years, I've developed what we like to call tribal knowledge. And it's just it's that knowledge of the business, knowledge of how things work, knowledge of how we do business that you can't get without putting in the time and the exposure and the experience of being there. So although I may not be the cat daddy when it comes to business intelligence, uh, I, I do have that that backup support that is that's very, very valuable as well. And a lot of our department's pretty green. So I kind of feel bad making that transition because that knowledge isn't going to be there. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll survive. You know, I, I don't want to make myself sound like I'm the, you know, the end all be all. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I think it's important for everyone to know that at some point in life, you know, the person who is, uh, you know, an integral part of a, of a team is not going to always be there. I mean, there might be a day where, you know, they do retire, they move on to something else, or that position is eliminated. So it's awesome that you're able to leave on your terms, especially in this economy, you know, uh, although it's a weird kind of, you know, weird. It's weird because it's a good economy for like people who have money, but a terrible economy for like the common folk. Uh, you know, like I was listening to somebody say earlier, uh, and again, this is recorded a couple of weeks in advance, but someone was saying, oh yeah, you know, if you're, if you're measuring the economy by the stock market, that means that you have money in the stock market. <laughs> I'm just like, that's, that could be true, but you know, most of us know people who are out of work and whatever. So congratulations on, on the retirement. Sure. Congratulations on the, uh, the transition out. Now, uh, what, what are you uh, anticipating as far as like, what do you think quarter one of 2021 is going to look like for you uh, going into the solo world and, and, and being kind of your own boss for the first time in your adult life, it seems like? Truth be told, I, I, I feel like the end of quarter one is going to look like the same as the beginning of quarter one. Uh, <laughs> I believe I'm still going to be primarily living off the savings that I've structured in order to make this uh, feasible. Uh, there'll be some income coming in. I've already got some clients lined up, but I don't see me, you know, just crushing it by the end of quarter one. If that happens, sweet. But I'm trying to look at this from a realistic perspective and, and kind of keep my blinders on so that I stay focused on making sure that I continually look towards the end goal and understand my priorities. My priorities are taking care of my household and feeding my wife and I and my dogs. Those are my priorities. If anything else comes into play, fine. But those are my, my, my priorities first. And so I'm although I do have goals and I do have uh, financial goals in place for each quarter, I think realistically speaking, quarter one, end of quarter one, going to look a lot like the beginning of quarter one. Quarter two, different story. Now we're starting to get somewhere. But will we be profitable per se? I, I wouldn't expect that. It very well could be. But I may have very reserved expectations for the way this is going to go. And I think that's a good thing. I don't want to get out there and say, oh, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to get everybody. I'm going to have all these clients. And then turn around and have, you know, be like Forrest Gump on the shrimp boat saying, I caught five. You know, it's just... <laughs> That's not where I want to be. Can, can, can you please just, just for the, the heck of it, can you just put a video out to get, you know, with you doing that? Cause that was pretty, that was, that was fun for me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the pandemic. Um, 
you know, a lot of us podcasters have driven to creating more content as a way to cope with the extra time that we had on our hands uh, and also having a sense of responsibility to entertain the audiences that we have. Uh, I feel like at some point my, my podcast co-host and I uh, sat down and thought to ourselves, how can we put out more content for the few, you know, for the couple hundred people who listen to us and follow us, you know, how can we put out more content? Uh, you know, so obviously I'm going to throw the question to you in this, in this way, uh, you know, did you, do you feel a responsibility as a podcast host and producer to, to, to feed your audience in times like this? Or are you more of like, I just kind of do it for the fun and, and the experience of doing it? Or, or what's your, your, like your ultimate like drive when it comes to podcast creation and, and content creation and keeping that content going? Content creation is positive reinforcement across the board. Do I feel obligated to, to, to create content regularly? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I try to go live every day. I don't always make it, but I try to go live on Facebook. Uh, I have been doing it. I don't know if you've noticed, but each and every day I've been doing these daily affirmations for which I make uh, into a TikTok video. So I've been doing that. I got, I think, a whole 13 followers over on TikTok as of right now. Hey, it's more so than I have. If, if you're listening, head over there. Check out at Big Win Pod, B-I-G-W-I-N-P-O-D, on the talk. Come follow me and get your daily affirmations there. But I've also been repurposing these daily affirmations for Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. I've been putting them everywhere. So to say that I feel a commitment and an obligation to create content, 1000%, most definitely. Now, let me let me ask you this, because I had a friend who recently became, you know, came came out public with uh, their struggles with with alcohol over the last five years or so. And you and I had a conversation, I believe I believe it was on our live stream that we did with you uh, where, where you had mentioned that you were, uh, you know, sober and, and had gone through some sort of uh, process there. You know, did sure. you did you feel any um, any stress or any need to kind of maybe go like, I mean, let me try to phrase this properly because this is this is an awkward question to ask. But I guess, did you feel the pressure of maybe opening up a drink during quarantine, during the lockdowns, uh, to to help cope with that? And and if if you did, how did you either fight it? Uh, and if you didn't, you know, what's some advice for some some of these people who might be listening who are going through something similar? Uh, you know, to be able to to stay on that sober train because it is really tough to 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 fight sobriety when you're all alone. First and foremost, don't ever feel awkward about asking me a question about my sobriety. You can ask me whatever you want, and uh, odds are I'm going to answer it. So not a lot to hide here because it, the fact of the matter is, yes, I was an alcoholic. I'm one of the few where I say I was an alcoholic. Haven't had a drink since 2013. Don't plan on having a drink anytime in the future either. Did I feel a, a, a need or a desire to drink during the quarantine? Negative. I did not. Uh, to this day. Even if I sit here right, and I'm doing it right now, if I sit here right now and I imagine the smell, much less the taste of my alcohol of choice, which was gin, it makes my stomach cringe. It just makes it tighten up. Mm. And it's just, it's not something that I ever want again. Not, not even a little bit. It's just not there. Same thing with cold beer or anything else. I, I just don't feel the need at this stage of my life for anything like that. Once I got sober, I was committed to being sober, and I'm now sober. So uh, it, it takes a lot of self-discipline, takes a tremendous support group. My wife was very supportive. My friends were very supportive. P 
people that I would have never thought would be supportive were extremely supportive. You definitely can't do it on your own. And if you are stuck solo, if, you, if you're not married or you don't have a, a partner uh, of some sort living with you, a roommate or something to help support you through these times, can be very, very difficult. And I highly recommend that you reach out to someone. Reach out and say, hey, I'm feeling vulnerable right now. Hey, I'm feeling really depressed and I think alcohol is the answer. Or, you know, I just really... I just want to have a good time and you know maybe you're gonna smoke a little meth or something i don't know what it is but the thing is is reach out for the help so many times people are scared to raise their hand and say hey i'm hurting right now i'm struggling i'm floundering i need somebody to hold my hand especially as dudes because we're not supposed to say stuff like that as dudes we're supposed to just be manly and just, you know, I got, I got this shit. This ain't no big, hope I can cuss. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, I got this and it, it's not even a challenge. You know, I don't need any help. Well, folks, I'll tell you right now, I needed a lot of help when I got sober. And thankfully I had a moment of clarity that, that made me realize after several weeks of sitting on the couch and drink, just drinking straight up. That's it. I don't know how I was alive as long as I was. But I had a moment of clarity that said, Larry, reach out right now and get help or tomorrow's not going to come. It was just that clear. It was, it was, it's the most amazing thing because there was no question that I heard what I heard. There was no question that I had the realization and there was no question <laughs> that I needed help. So I reached out. I called my best good pal. He called the wife. The wife called some other people. Next thing you know, they're coming over, they're swooping me up, and they're taking me off to get help. And I was there for seven weeks uh, at the facility, and I was in the hospital prior to the facility because they couldn't manage me. I was too far, too messed up, too dehydrated. Heart rate was crazy. They sent me to the spittle for about three or four days before I even started my stint at uh, at the rehab facility where I where I went. So after six weeks, I was I was supposed to leave, but I it was something in me going, dude, you're just not ready. There's no way I don't want to leave yet. I don't want to leave, you know, and, and I'll be honest, a lot of it too was the security of being in a facility. I was like, wow, okay. I know I'm not going to get my drink on in here. Right. So I didn't have to worry about the personal responsibility. It was being taken care of for me, but I needed to step up and I stayed one more week, came to that realization, stepped out. And that's my story. So uh, there are organizations that can help. It doesn't have to be a 12-step program. I'm not a 12-stepper myself, not a fan of it. I, I, it's just not for me. If it's for you, great. Whatever works for you, great. You know, I'm in the state of Texas. We recently started using a program called SMART. And I say recently because it, it was just starting to be used back in 13 uh, when I was getting sober. And it stands for self-management and recovery training. And what that does, it's different than your 12 steps because it has the beginning, obviously, when you start it, when you're starting to get sober, and it has an end. So you work through the program, and once you reach it, guess what? You're done. You don't, you don't have to be 55 and go into your, 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 your third AA meeting of the week talking about how I'm still an alcoholic, but you hadn't had a drink in 20 years. That never made sense to me. Now, if again, if it makes sense to you and it works for you, Whatever works. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just talking about for me personally. That's what I needed. I needed a starting point. I needed a goal. I reached that goal and I continue to live that goal each and every day. Now, so that's a really interesting thing because I, I feel like people who uh, who have gone through the process of becoming sober 
uh, cleaning their lives up, they, they tend to have a little bit more uh, follow through in their goals and their projects across the board once they've become sober. Do you feel like some of the things that you learned in your process through sobriety have helped you kind of reach some professional goals that you may have set, helps you get to the point where you're at as far as a podcaster goes and, and a content creator goes? Uh, and, and is there anything that you learn in particular that you actually apply to your day to day when it comes to your, your, your business and your, and your podcast? It's interesting that you asked that because it's really hard for me to pinpoint it because, I mean, before I started drinking and before I was an alcoholic, I, I, I had these lofty goals and I accomplished a lot of those goals. Just about anything I put my mind to, and I'm not even going to say just about, this sounds braggadocious, but it's not. It's just if I was determined to do it, I got it done. Didn't matter what it was, I got it done. And that was something that I still hang on to to this day why I believe I'm going to be a success as a solopreneur in the podcasting space come 2021. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But in the, in, in rehab and in the facility, I did come to grips with, I guess you it sounds so cheesy, but I guess trauma, you know, because we did go back. We did talk about every aspect of our lives uh, from childhood up to the moment that we're in there. And yeah, there were some things that, that came out that uh, I've, I guess I've reconciled to. Um, and I also learned not to thrive in a state of depression. I used to be addicted to depression just as much as I was addicted to alcohol. I loved kicking rocks. I loved turning on Pink Floyd and just kicking rocks. It was what I loved to do. Why? I don't know. I don't have a clue. But the slightest little thing could put me in that Pink Floyd kind of mode, and I would just, I would eat it up. I'd watch my old movies from when I was in a teenager. Uh, I'd watch Braveheart 18 times in a row. I'd watch Rocky IV, all these movies that I loved as a kid. But because I wasn't fulfilling any kind of extreme goals at that age, or at the age that I was now, I uh, I love to kick rocks about it, going, oh, man, I should have done this, and I should have done that. And, you know, that's kind of what led to the alcoholism, I'm sure. It, it was just a, a, a over time period where things just increasingly got worse. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the same way to a certain degree when – like there are days where I wake up, I'm like, I just want to be in a bad mood, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. and like, you know, I'll put on the song that I know is going to get me in a bad mood or, or help me get to that point of, of depression that, that I kind of want to be in for that moment. But I, I don't like wallowing in it, you know, like I, I like to like get there and then that motivates me to get back to normal. I feel like, um, and I, I, f I feel like, I, but I also think it's healthy to a certain degree to be willing to like rest with your, your, your unhappiness for a moment or your sadness for a moment. It really just depends on what you do next. Like, are you going to, you know, wallow in it and kick rocks and just be like, Oh, I'm such a, you know, I'm such a letdown. And, or are you going to turn that around and be like, okay, cool. Let's get back to work. Let's, you know, I, I dealt with, I dealt with it here in the moment. And then let me get back to work and, and start building that empire that I'm, I'm going towards. Uh, how do you, you know, do you still like, you know, go, get in those moments where you're like, okay, I just need to listen to some Pink Floyd and get, get depressed and like fight back. Or have you completely moved away from that? I would say I've 95% moved away from it. 
uh, I, I, it's funny because sometimes I get frustrated because I can't get to that place anymore. <laughs> I'll turn on the Pink Floyd or I'll turn on because I'm, I'm just not feeling hyped at the time or I might just not be feeling at my highest of highs at some time. And I'll go, you know what? I think it's time. And I'll put it on and it doesn't make me depressed. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't take me back to that place, man. I can't get there. You know, I, I, I was born in 72. So I like some of the older songs that are out there and some of the all older bands, big fan of sticks. I would listen to sticks. Kilroy when uh, Kilroy was here is the name of the album and the whole album. It's kind of a, kind of a storyline type thing, kind of like Pink Floyd, the wall. And I would listen to that. And, oh, I could always cry to that. Always. I could. Oh yeah. It's going to happen. Guaranteed. I go, Oh, life is so miserable. I can't get there no more, man. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, it doesn't make me cry. It doesn't make me kick rocks. It's funny. I can listen to it and enjoy it, but it doesn't have the same psychological shift to it anymore. It's, it's interesting. You know, it's funny is, is my favorite band is a band called alter bridge. And, uh, they got me through some really rough, times in my my teen years you know i lost my brother and you know that album just kind of got me through all that and it's funny because i laugh at it now i've seen them a a handful of times live and every single time there's there's a song called blackbird and a song called watch over you and every time i i see them live those songs will instantly get me in tears i can listen to it a thousand times in a row on the record and feel perfectly right. fine but there's something about being in that that arena or the, the theater with them and them playing that music where i'm just like i'm all in like a baby and then i you know on the drive home i'll play on the radio and i'm like i'm perfectly fine <laughs> it's really weird how that that works and uh maybe it's just kind of more of a coincidental thing I, i'm not really sure Oh, man, I think there's something about the, the live energy mm-hmm. because it's not just you at that moment listening to the song, feeling emotional. I have to imagine, although I've never heard the song, that those around you at the concert, they've all heard the song. They enjoy the song the same way and they feel those emotions. And I I, I feel like there's got to be some I don't know this for a fact. This is just me guessing. There's some sort of chemical change. Well, I know there's a chemical change in the body, but. Maybe even in the air around us, maybe we get put off some pheromones or something crazy. I don't know, but we feed off of each other in those emotional moments. And you're sitting there, the music is blaring, you feel the bass kicking, you feel everything happening, and you sense the emotion from those around you, and it, it, it's just overwhelming. Uh, you know, I, I've I've experienced that in church before. And that's kind of an interesting feeling as well. Cause I'm going, what am I doing, bro? I'm sitting here boohooing and feel kind of moved to go to the front with everybody else too this is weird you know, and it, <laughs> like i sit at the house and you know it was um, although i did read the bible from time to time it wasn't like i sat there and that's all i thought about that and and got moved emotionally like that uh when i'm by myself but you put me in church and you put me around people and they're all boohooing and we're singing this soft sad song and whoo son it's on <laughs> it's, it's weird because I, I get the opposite not the opposite but you know whenever i feel emotional in church it isn't because of what everyone else is doing it's I, it's I feel really alone you know and i feel isolated i don't really feel like you know i'm having this group experience that we're all kind of you know heartbroken or, or having you know our, our 
our, our, our hurtness is coming to the surface all at once. I feel like they're having one moment over, over on the other side of the building and I'm over here, I'm by myself and I feel isolated and, and broken myself. That's how I feel as well at the concerts. You know, it's like, I, I feel like everyone else around me is rocking out and having a good time to these songs. And I'm over here crying like a baby. Um, maybe, maybe I need to see a therapist. Maybe, maybe you have a connection to a therapist I can talk to about it. Get a little deep for me, bro. I don't, <laughs> I do not have a license. I, you know, <laughs> guesses on my part here as far as what triggers us to shed these tears in these moments I, I i don't really know but i do know a therapist he's great he's a podcaster too he might be somebody good for you to talk to yeah uh, we'll, we'll bring him on the show we'll do a public uh a public uh session here so that way it's free uh, there you go. <laughs> um hey so let's talk about your you know obviously you're you're doing podcast again uh, i want to remind everybody it's larry roberts with the one big win podcast um where can people find you on on the social media i, I want to make sure we get that plugged in so that way people can go and download this i love what you're doing i love the message behind what you're doing i have seen your, your daily affirmation stuff you asked that earlier and I, I just decided to respond to it you know 10 minutes later but oh, uh you know i've seen the stuff i love it so tell people where they can find you you can find me on Facebook at Larry N. Roberts. Uh, I had to throw the middle initial in there because there's a lot of Larry Robertses out there for some reason. But yeah, you can find me there and you can find me at Big Win Pod on all the platforms as well. At Big Win Pod, B I G W I N P O D. That is all the social media for the podcast itself. And uh, you can find me everywhere. I mean, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, TikTok, uh, uh, everywhere. So wherever you're socializing, come see me. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I really appreciate you doing this, man. This is this was a fun conversation. Uh, I really hope that that some people got a couple of different things taken out of this. Uh, now, let me ask you this. With this new podcast that you're doing, One Big Win Podcast, yes. uh, obviously it's a lot different from the Redly Random Podcast. Uh, what's one thing that you've learned doing this new podcast that you didn't really know about yourself uh, doing the Redly Random Podcast? It's okay to be myself. I would always try to, to temper me and I would try to present a certain me that I thought is what people wanted to listen to. This is what I see other podcasters doing. This is what I'm going to do. That doesn't work, man, because I'm faking it the whole time. You got to be yourself. You know, I, I got, I got bagged on, which I got made fun of. Okay. For my Supreme hat the other day from a friend of mine, he was from high school and he hit me up on Facebook. He was watching my affirmation or one of my lives. He goes, bro, that hat. He goes, uh, I don't think it looks anything like you think it looks. <laughs> and I go, man, it may not, you know what? But it feels right to me. I love it. I love flat build hats. I've been wearing them for years and it just feels like maybe it just feels natural. I don't know what else to call it. So uh, being genuine, being yourself and just letting loose, man, forget all of that putting on airs and trying to be Joe Rogan or trying to be Seth Godin or whoever it is that you're trying to be, you know, uh, it, 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 don't be them, be you. And be genuine in what you do, and people will resonate. You know, in the beginning of my career, I spent a lot of time trying to do what Ryan Seacrest does. Uh, you know, 102.7, Kiss FM, Ryan Seacrest. You know, I literally call myself Ryan Seacrest on my air checks. And I woke up one morning and realized I'm no Ryan Seacrest. You know, I, I, I don't have his money. I don't have his radio show. I don't have his audience. I don't have... Uh, you know, talent aside, I, I, you know, people would say, some people would say I'm better than Ryan Seacrest with what I did. Other people would be like, you're, you have no chance. But I, I woke up one morning and was like, you know what, what I am good at is asking good questions. So let me lean into that a little bit more. And, and it's really important that people learn to stop chasing, to be the next insert the blank here. Right. Uh, 
and, and really define and, and create your own path. And even like before we went on the air right now, I told you like this podcast was inspired by what Joe Rogan does. You know, he, he just gets some guys together, some girls together, and he just shoots the breeze. And, right. and it honestly, it feels like the guy just shows up, introduces himself to whoever his guest is and sits down and pushes record, uh, you know, and has no plan. So, uh, I, I appreciate that, that th- what you learn and the advice in that too. Um, one last, uh, bit of one last question for you. Um, oh. if, if at the end of the day, people take one thing away from your podcasts, just in general, just one thing that people who are, are, they scroll through it, click on it by accident, or they seek it out, whatever. What's the one thing you hope that people learn from the one big win podcast? We all have that moment in our lives that could lead to that one big win. And the whole goal behind the show is for you to recognize that moment and take action and put it into motion. Uh, the rest takes care of itself. Once you find that moment, you put it into motion, you'll take a step closer and you'll even reach your own life mastery as long as you keep evolving, as long as you keep growing. And, and that's really what I want everybody to know is look for those moments, then take action when you find them. Awesome. Larry Roberts, he is the host of the One Big Win podcast available, I'm assuming, on all the major podcasting platforms. Yes, everywhere. Everywhere you want to listen. Awesome. And then you head over to bigwinpod.com for more information or if you want to get a hold of Larry as well. All of his information is on his website. Larry, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Go and download his podcast right now and subscribe. Thank you so much, Ruben. This has been a, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. We got a little intense there for, uh, you know, a couple of times, but I loved every minute of it. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and share my story with you and your audience. Great. I look back. I look forward. I look back. I look forward to having you back on the podcast, uh, hopefully soon. And we can talk about how, uh, how the readily random LLC is, uh, is doing and how you're doing in in your solo career, man. I wish you the best of luck, man. 2021 is going to be the year. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Take care. And that was my conversation with Larry Roberts, Ruben J here in the studio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And please follow me on social media, uh, facebook.com forward slash at the Ruben J or facebook.com forward slash Ruben J tonight. Uh, but also uh, on Instagram at the Ruben J and at Ruben J and friends. I'd love to connect with you. Also subscribe to us right now. We're currently, we are on Apple podcast and Google play. We're waiting for Spotify. We're waiting for downcast. We're waiting for iHeartRadio. where iHeartRadio actually has a couple of um, minimums that we have to reach. So we'll be there soon. We'll be submitting there soon. So just keep an eye out for where we're at. Of course, you can head over to multimedia.com. Uh, I believe the website, actually, you know what? let me, let me find the website. I should have had, I should have had this, uh, ready to go beforehand but it just it slipped my mind i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i promise i'm sorry uh where is it where is it where is it where is it uh this is terrible um (laughs) i should i I didn't even think about it um so if you go to multimediamouth.com forward slash wow it's actually terrible um go to go to instagram at ruben j and friends and just click the link in the bio that's where you'll find us link in the bio over at ruben j and friends on instagram uh let me know what you thought about this podcast by leaving us a five-star review over on apple Podcasts. it really helps the show out even if you didn't like it just leave us a five-star review i will see it a lot faster if you leave a five-star review than if you don't leave a five-star review cool my name is ruben j and i will talk to you guys next week thank you for tuning in and i really appreciate your support Thanks again.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.